Welcome to the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast, your best source for information, news, tips, and tricks to get you off the ground running and earn success with your custom apparel decorating business. So get ready to soak up some knowledge. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mark. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 23 of the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast. And because this is the second time we're trying to record this uh, podcast, I'm going to say that I'm no longer surprised that we made it to episode 23. <laughs> uh, but uh, what we're going to do today is uh, is talk a little bit about the custom t-shirt business and custom apparel. My name is Mark Stevenson, and I'm from Coldesi. And I'm Mark Viola with Coleman & Company. And as Mark said, today we are going to talk about the biggest mistakes in starting a custom t-shirt business, yep. uh, specifically with DTG, direct-to-garment printing. And we're here uh, in our studio. Our studio. Uh, our I like studio that. Our studio with uh, Heath Schumacher, who is a, a DTG technician, a DTG salesperson, a DTG business owner, yeah. uh, operator. Uh, yogi. A yogi. Yogi of DTG. A the yogi. guru of DTG. So he has a lot of great information he can share with us and with you. And we're going to talk about just all about DTG business. So, yeah. Keith, welcome. Hey, thank you. <laughs> and so, so we're gonna we're gonna break this down into two different parts. So the first part that we're gonna we're gonna talk about are the basic mistakes that you make in starting any business. Uh, we did this for the embroidery business specifically a while back, and I, I really think it helped a lot of people and avoid a lot of those first timers' mistakes. So we're gonna talk about the the business of things first, and then we're gonna get into specifically um, how people. Um, screw up a, a perfectly good DTG business or a perfectly good custom t-shirt business, um, you know, having to do with equipment and the operation of the equipment and how they sell it and things like that. Yeah, so we, we'll, we'll kind of do a two-parter yeah. in this. Uh, so we'll get right into just starting the business and we'll focus on t-shirts, Yep. a t-shirt business. And then break into the technician side towards the end, and all of, and then, and then that'll also break into the supply side as well. Yeah. The mistakes that I see DTG make, uh, DTG owners making on a daily basis as they're ordering their supplies. So we'll tie all of it in together. But since a lot of people listening might not have started yet, or thinking of breaking into the t-shirt business, yeah, let, let's let's, let's start. start let's start with the with the business side. So. So one of the one of the first things that I see that, that people make a mistake in in starting any business is they they go from they go from idea to to purchasing equipment and starting to sell with nothing in between. You know, there's there's no preparation for getting their business started. So uh, in other words, they don't do things like um, they don't know whether or not they want to actually do a corporation or a sole proprietor. You know, they don't know how they're going to handle their bills and accounting. Um, they, they don't have a bank account. They don't do all those basics. Yeah, and a lot of it is just educating yourself from uh, just the basic standpoint of what, is, what do I need to start a business in your state specifically. Right, exactly. So more than likely, you're, if you're in the U.S., um, you have specific state laws in regards to uh, how you collect sales tax, how you file sales tax for your state. Do you need to do that or not? So these are just some basic things that it's worth some time and some money to consult with somebody or just get on your state website and learn yeah. about this. I know, I know in Florida it's really easy to find out that information. I will say one thing early on, an early commercial for DTG is um, normally when people are looking into getting into custom t-shirts, they look at screen printing or they look at DTG 
And there are a lot of states and counties and cities that actually won't allow you to run a screen printing business from your home. You know, you need to get special licensing because of everything that's involved in order to do that. And in some places, you just can't. Yeah, and, and a, a chemical disposal. That's it. It's you know, a big deal. It's a big thing. Washing out screens is not the same as using a, a, a paper towel or a cotton swab on your DTG printer. To clean, right. It's a, it's a little bit different process. Yeah. So, uh, which gets me to thinking about when folks are beginning to start this business, and Heath mentioned this before, and we've talked about it a bunch of times, Yeah. but try, you know, going into it thinking that for the long term of the business, you're going to be able to wear every single hat and not preparing for that. Right. So, what, what do you mean by that? Heath, you were talking about that earlier. Well, as a business owner, going through and thinking that I can do all the production, the artwork, the sales, the marketing, the administrative type things, billing, everything. It really weighs down on you, and there's only so many hours in a given day that you can get this stuff done. So being able to delegate this stuff to other people underneath you as your business grows is a huge benefit to keep the company running and being profitable at the same time. Yeah, that's a good point, because I, I've, been, I've actually been in a business where like a big order put us out of business because we weren't ready to handle it. So, um, so, so that's a really good point. So what we're talking about is the different parts of a business that are sales and marketing. So you're going to have to get business. Um, artwork, you're going to have to produce great artwork. And that's something that happens in any custom t-shirt business is people will actually buy their printers and not understand how to create art. Mm -hmm. So as if there's something in the printer that will make you an artist. It's like it's like buying Microsoft Word and that making you an author. You know, it, it doesn't. You know, so that's another piece of the puzzle. So um, there's sales and marketing. There's um, graphics. There's accounting. You know, like how are you going to, do you have a bank account yet? You know, are you going to be able to write checks? Is there any money in it? You know, uh, I think one of the biggest things that kills new businesses is cash flow. So it's not just who's going to do all those roles. But it's, are you going to have the money to do that? Yeah, and you don't want it from a, from both sides. For one, you're going to want to be able to do things as simple as ordering business cards. Yep. Um, or letterhead or, uh, you know, creating of a website maybe or maybe not. You know, business phone. There's all these little things that add up. But then it's also, like you said, just having the working capital. You need to be able to know that if, if you get a nice size order, it doesn't mean a million dollar order. Yeah. But if you get a nice size order, you're going to be able to have the ink and yeah. the cleaning supplies and get the t-shirts without putting yourself in a position where you're constantly juggling your money between, well, if I don't get this deposit from this customer, I can't order the shirts, and they're not going to have it till Tuesday, but I need to order the shirts by Tuesday by 11 a.m. Cash flow is king. Yeah, so. So, so two things I want, I want to say about that is we did a podcast that was kind of based around a book called The E-Myth, and one of the things that they recommended if you're starting a business is even if it's just you, to list out the, the role and the job description of each part of your business. Like, what is somebody in charge of administration going to do? Uh, what is somebody in charge of sales going to do? How about, you know, uh, marketing? How about pre-production? How about shipping? And just write down all of the tasks that have to be accomplished. And even if you put your name underneath one, each one of those titles, you know that when you're ready, okay, here's the accounting part. Now I've hired an, an accountant or a bookkeeper, you know, um, to come in once a month, and I can 
I can take that off my plate, I can scratch my name out, and I can put their name in there. Um, and the other part is, uh, you know, we were talking about cash flow a second ago. Um, don't forget that even though it's a really profitable business, and there are a lot of people that have been done really well with director garment printing and custom t-shirts, um, don't forget that they don't always start that way. So if you're going to quit your job to do this, then how are you going to live for the next 90 days? You know, you really can't expect like those first 30 days to pay your grocery bill. You know, so, um, you know, what are you going to do? Do you have enough money in the bank to, to actually have the luxury of getting started? So, Keith, you've participated in and started and uh, in other people's businesses and your own. What are some, say, you know, cash flow issues or financial issues that you think are the ones to just watch out for the most? Do you have any, any stories or thoughts? Well, some of the biggest things that I've ran into is getting those initial orders, uh, spending the time to go out there and beat the streets, talk to other business owners, because that's what a lot of uh, direct-to-garment type um, uh, the business is about, is extending out to other businesses to do fulfillment for them. Um, if you don't have the time or the luxury to go out there, if that machine's not running, you're still having to make these payments. Right. Um, buy these supplies, do your maintenance, and also learn this equipment while you're trying to get sales and bring those jobs in. Um, once you have those jobs in, that means you have to produce those jobs. And then that means nobody's out there on the street getting more jobs. Yeah. So those are the biggest things that you have to sit there and juggle when you first start out. And I'm not saying go out there and hire an entire sales force, but you do have to have some help when you're doing this stuff. Right. Well, I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and you said the word juggle, and you talked about this, and it actually reminded me of it. So I was Is it a juggling podcast? Because if it is, we don't, we don't want to. Not quite, okay. but there's a juggler involved. Okay. Okay, so, so Penn and Teller, Penn Gillette. Yeah, I talked okay, about his yep. podcast. I listened to it. Uh, semi-regularly, but he, he's a juggler. Okay. It's by trade in before, you know, you went to whatever school for it. Juggling school. So, but, but one of the things he was talking about is organizing his day because he has TV shows and a podcast and he has to practice his art, you know, and all these things that yeah. he has to do, but, and he's doing a million things. And he said, he said, when I, he said, when I get up, the first thing I do is I write for my book that I'm writing for an hour. Then I juggle for a half hour. Then he does this task, then he right. does that task. Then at 11 o'clock is when I check out my email, and then I handle those things. And he was just kind of going through, and I think that that might be really important to organize a day like that for yeah. you. Um, you're not literally juggling for that 30 minutes, but maybe 30 minutes every morning, the first thing you do is have coffee and watch some graphics videos and practice making, gra making right. your graphics better if you're doing it alone. Yeah, and, and, and you spend the second the second part of your day listening to some very useful podcast yeah. in the apparel decorating business that might help you with your with your sales and marketing skills. <laughs> and you can listen to this stuff maybe when you're practicing pre-treating. That's true. You know, something like that. So um, I just thought that that was interesting that, you know, breaking your day apart when you are juggling and you're wearing all these different hats, yeah. you might just have to say, I'm not going to do anything but this during these times of the day. Yeah. So I'm going to follow up with all of my potential sales from, say, 1 to 2 p.m. Yeah. every day. That hour is just following up with customers, checking on invoices, making sure I've sent all my sales quotes yeah. out. And this way you're doing it every day. And i, I got to tell you, I mean, that's... That's really hard to do, especially when, you know, if you're, if you're working at home and you spend most of your days in your pajamas, 
You know, I mean, it's really hard to be disciplined like that. And also, as you go along in business, I mean, Heath, you know, you know, you, you've got a great plan for every day for the next week, and then um, you get a big order. Yeah, and then that just switches everything up. And right. you've got to be able to adjust on the fly at any given moment to be able to keep up with everything that's coming in. Yeah, but I think it's, I think it's important to have that to begin with, to know that you need to, like, okay, you know, this time in the morning, I'm, I think one of the best things you said was I check my email at 11. Because mm-hmm. I know what happens to me, it happened to me this morning, is I wake up at 6.20, I grab a cup of coffee, and then I open up my email, and now all of a sudden I'm working until 7 a.m. in my pajamas drinking my coffee. So, you know, and it, it all starts with that email. So, you know, managing that is, is going to be a big deal. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about that in the business world, because um, that, that was actually one of the points of that conversation, is that he had said that he needs to be creative in the morning. Yeah. And... Opening up the email can sometimes add to stress, distract him from his creativity, and then he, he's unable to write for his book. Right. And I think that we run into the same things here. Um, Tim Ferriss, The 4-Hour Workweek. Yeah. Which is a great book, by um, the way. Like, Everybody should read that. Yeah, it's a good book to read. Um, I think he's the luckiest guy in the world to be able to figure do all the things that he does. He, yeah. has, he has this luck chip on his shoulder. He does. He does, but really. <laughs> he's able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, he does mention that as well. He mentions, you know, don't spend every minute checking your email every day. Right. And you might need to do that as a small business owner as well. Yeah, don't, don't do like I do. One of the other things that he said uh, that I think is really important to be prepared, prepared for is that kind of sine wave of business. So we see it in sales too where you make, you know, you make 200 phone calls and then you spend two weeks quoting and getting your, your equipment delivered to folks and then there's nothing to do. So you make 200 phone calls. So it's the same thing with the custom t-shirt business. Is Let's say you, know, you get three days in a row where your production is light, so you go out and make sales calls. So you sell a bunch of stuff, so you have to produce it if you're a one-man shop. And then by the time you're done with production, you haven't done any sales calls for a week, so there's nothing to do for three days. So you know, your income fluctuates just like your time does. Correct. So that's where those other people come in, come into mm-hmm. play, and being able to farm that out. Now, have you ever done that? Did you ever like find somebody to sell for you, or find somebody else? I know you do your own artwork. Yeah, it got to the point where I was having to produce all those little things, like the business cards, uh, the artwork for all that different stuff. Being able to produce, being able to maintain the machine, doing the ordering of the blank shirts for the uh, for the clients that I already have. So the more I got into ordering and stuff like that, the more orders I took in, the less time I had to sell more. Right. And like you were just saying, once you get that lag time, then you're basically back to square one, unless you have like a team that you can depend on. Right. And there's there's plenty of people that can sell. Use your friends. I mean, word of mouth is one of the best marketing tools in this industry. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you produce a quality product, and that's something that, that really stands apart from a lot of the other companies that are out there. And, and one of the other things is you never want to promise something to a client without being able to produce it. Right. So it's one of those things. You just have to keep on uh, top uh, of it. Under, under promise and over deliver. Sure. So that's a big deal. Yeah, that's one of the biggest mistakes that I hear about um, almost every day. And because we're in the supply business and, and, I, sit in, and we, I sit with customer service and sales representatives and we hear it all day and there are folks... You know, overnighting supplies, whether it's, I mean, everything, ink, rhinestones, thread, they're, yeah. they're paying a $60 overnight fee because they promised a customer they could deliver something by Friday, 
when they haven't done the digitizing or they haven't done the They have no cards. idea if they could actually do it, so they're yeah. scrambling. They're scrambling. They, they want, you want to say yes because you want the income. Yeah. And you want the, the, the long number of the business when we talked about knowing your numbers. You know, if I get this client, that means I might get 100 other orders from them over the next three years. Right. I have to deliver for right. them. Um, remember that those are decisions that you make, though, that, yeah. that you could put yourself in a situation and, That's tough. And, and by the way, I'm just going to say this right here. Don't start a business without listening to both of our Know Your Numbers podcasts. I, I don't want to like, I don't want to say, you know, toot our own horn, horn too much, but for a new business starting out, knowing your numbers or estimating your numbers is going to be, can likely be the difference between success and failure. And I want to make sure that you realize out there, like you, you can, you have a reasonable way to evaluate how much a customer is going to be worth, you know, over time and, and through this one, you know, this, this initial sale. And I think uh, it's not necessarily about having a perfect spreadsheet and right. having 100 columns and knowing all this Excel work or, or having a, a notepad with 100 numbers in it that you've perfected down. It's about a mindset, too. Yeah. I, so I, it's both. I agree. So, so we talked about, we talked about you know, the, the prep work involved in, in getting a business done. You know, um, having enough cash flow, having enough money in the bank when you start. Um, to carry you over, especially if you're going to quit your job and start your own business. But, I mean, a, a good rule of thumb or a low rule of thumb for most businesses, you should be able to run for 90 days without making a dime. If you can run for 90 days without making a dime, then you've given yourself 90 days to figure everything out, to, you know, to find those first customers, to figure out how to print a profitable T-shirt, to, um, you know, to, to work on that team that you're going to need, maybe find a bookkeeper or develop those skills or uh, build up your referral network and, and get people starting to sell for you, you know, you've got that cushion there. Um, and again, cash flow is one of the things that, that kill business the fastest. Yeah, you significantly increase the, your probability of long-term success yep. when you prepare yourself for, for 60, 90, 120 days of saying, it's fine if I don't make money here. Yeah. That, maybe that's not the goal. Right. Their goal would probably be to sell something the first month. Right. But to say, that I don't have to... To survive, because then you get into that mode where you're promising things that you can't deliver. You can't say no to a customer. Yeah, you because should. you're desperate. Because you're yeah, desperate. Because you're because you're more desperate. Now uh, we, exactly. we we're not trying to scare you away from going into business here, because you know if you go to coldessie.com and you look at our in business success stories, or you join the Custom Apparel Startups Facebook group, and you see you know like almost 1,800 people now. And at least a thousand of them have to already be in business, and they're doing embroidery, mm -hmm. and they're doing DTG or screen printing or vinyl. Um, they're starting nights and weekends, or they're going full time. But they're all making a business out of this technology. What we're doing here is trying to save you some of the startup pain that Heath, I'm sure, and a lot of the people on the group have gone through. Yeah, we have thousands and thousands of successful business owners that buy supplies from Coleman and Company. Yeah, that's true. Thousands of them. There is a difference, though, between those who um, who have goals set and put, prepare themselves to achieve and exceed them, versus the folks who are just running their own, running the business and struggling. There's a, a stress level difference that you're right. going to deal That's with. True. There's a long-term success, so you can go in without doing all of this prep work and yes. be successful. We yes. have people that do that, 
but those people maybe have a little less hair on their head or have some more gray gray hair. He was he was looking right at me when he said that. By the way, I just I just I don't, I don't want to say anything. Um, okay, so uh, we talked about organization and prep work. We talked about organizing your day, uh, even if it goes uh, off the rails pretty quickly. You should at least have those goals, um, so you can avoid that kind of sine wave of business. We talked about you know maybe putting a team together or at least knowing the different roles that you're going to need in a business and what you're going to need to accomplish um, and starting with some money in the bank so you can afford to make the decision not to take the wrong client, um, to put off a job that you're not ready for or, um, you know, so you don't take a job that's going to put you in the poorhouse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, any other, any other business, just direct business-related stuff before we dive into DTG specifically. I don't know. I've got like a whole, because I've had, I've had three businesses that I've done myself and made huge mistakes in every one of them. So I have a long list of, of mistakes I've made. How about you, Heath? Is there anything else that you'd like to have? <clears throat> well, business-wise, like just repeating it is just knowing that I can't do it all myself. Okay. Yeah, that's because uh, n- there's only like maybe 1% to 2% of the, the population out there that has that ability to be able to do every single hat that takes on. Like any corporation that you look at, they have an infrastructure built uh, to make that business run. Um, especially the bigger it gets, the more people get involved. Yeah. So you once you start small, just realize that you will build this as you go. Yeah. I, I think like that. that you don't. Um, it, that does, and that doesn't mean you have to have full time employees right. that you're bringing on board. Right. So it could be you could be working with a freelance artist to do all your graphics work for mm-hmm. you. Yep. Um, and you can work with a free a CPA. To handle your bookkeeping, like you said, once a month, maybe yeah. even. Yeah. Um, so some of these things can be. Uh, maybe you don't build your own website. Maybe you have a company that does it for you. Please. You know. Yeah. Please. <laughs> um, so there's or or you impl- you or you bring software in that can automate these things for you to make it easier. So if you have good bookkeeping software, maybe you can accomplish a whole lot more than if you've got it all in a notepad. Yeah. So not only is it going to be cheaper to hire that CPA because you say, hey, here's my FreshBooks or QuickBooks account. Right. You know, uh, just do that. Organize it versus here's a notepad. Yeah. And I'll, I'll you know what? I'll make this offer because we've, um, I've made it on other podcasts and I've had a couple of people contact us on Facebook that, you know, if you have any questions about this, just email us at uh, host at caspodcast.com or find us, Mark I on the Custom Apparel Startups Facebook group. And we will answer your questions, and we will tell you the truth. So one thing that I've had happen from that is somebody got into the custom T-shirt business and really had no art skills. They could use the software, but they could not develop a good-looking piece of art. And they sent me three or four pieces of art that they were thinking of, and I told them the truth, you know, that it's, it's not good. You know, and here's why it's not good. You know, um, and I never heard from them again. So if you're, if you're, if you want our advice and our help, we'll definitely give it. You know, just uh, just be prepared for us to tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah, and I think that there should be there could be other little goals within that. If you mentioning the graphics, yeah. you could say, well, in the beginning, I'm going to focus on the machine and the sales. Maybe you know, those are the two things I'm going to do: is production and sales. Yes. On the graphics side, I will pay somebody to do that. You find you know find a freelancer, find somebody you can pay to do that, and say. I would like to do this myself and maybe, you know, have another salesperson involved so I don't have to sell as much. Yeah. Because I like the art side. 
So in the beginning, my profitability might be a little bit less. Because, because you're learning. Be, and because you're I'm learning and I'm having to pay somebody to do the art, yeah. which is maybe more expensive and yeah. I don't have an extra salesperson. However, the goal would be in 90 days to start being able to do 50% of the art, yeah. 25% of the art yeah. on my own and have... Farm out the hard stuff and do the simple stuff. Yeah, myself. and then have maybe 20% of sales coming in from a freelance <laughs> salesperson or somebody. And I, I got to tell you, that, that's how I learned to use WordPress for, um, you know, for web development mm -hmm. is I found a guy on Craigslist because I needed a WordPress site developed. And I said, you know what? I don't want you to do it for me. I want you to do it with me. So I paid him by the hour to sit next to me and we built that first website together. And then it was off to the races. So, yeah. I mean, that's a good pattern to follow for any of this. Yeah. That yeah. sounds good. Um, I think then we could talk, let's talk about maybe some specific DTG things, some people, some things, some si there's a lot of simple things yeah. that uh, logic would say, oh, nobody would do that. And you know, they, but it happens, it happens all the time. There are not many logical people out there, I'll, I'll be <laughs> honest with you. So let me do the, do the first one because, because it always drives me nuts is... Um, I have to get my DTG printer delivered by next Tuesday because I've got a job due on Wednesday. You know, we get that. You never hear that, do you, Heath? Yeah, oh, he, Heath, how does that make you feel <laughs> when you get that phone call? Um, well, not to be, like, too rude about it, but sometimes I actually put the phone on mute and actually uh, kind of chuckle to myself because I know that I start answer, uh, asking these questions, all right? Do you have the artwork already done? Do you have the blanks already done? Do you understand? Have you been trained on this piece of equipment? Do you understand the nuances, like, um, are, the, are the platins at the perfect level height? Is your gap set to the perfect level height? And all these different little nuances that go into setting everything up to make a, a nice quality product. And then I ask these questions, and they just they can barely even answer. So it's one of those things. You have to give yourself time to learn a new piece of equipment. Yeah. It's just like if somebody hands me or puts me inside a backhoe and says, here, dig out the uh, swimming pool for me, I'm going to look at them like they're crazy. Right. I mean, uh, yeah, I know this printer back and forth because I've been using it for 12 years. But that doesn't mean you have. You could be using uh, a screen printing equipment, but it's totally different. Each piece of equipment that you add onto your business, give yourself time, a learning curve, to be able to learn that product up and down so that way you can produce a quality product. Yeah, and that goes for embroidery machines. It goes Every. for any, anything that you want to do. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think there's also a um, – I, I talk about it all the time, I feel – but the, the crawl before you walk, yeah. you know, type of mentality in business and in the, in the custom apparel business, meaning that, you know, you should, you should know when you're getting this equipment, what's easier to do and what's harder to do. Talk to your, you know, if you're, if you're buying it, talk to a salesperson about yeah. it. When you're learning it, talk to a technician or a trainer about it. And they'll say, all right, printing a 100% white cotton t-shirt is going to be easier significantly than yeah. printing some mixed blend, yeah. you know, red shirt, uh, you know, with, <laughs> right. with, you know, bright yellow, you know, yeah. solid color ink on it, you know, that there's different levels. One's harder to do than the other. So if you're, if, cause what I find often is it seems, it feels this way that when somebody takes that big job in that they need to have done tomorrow and they got yes. their printer yesterday, yes. it's also something that's already hard to do in yeah. DTG 
it, it, for people who know how to do. Well, you know what I, I think it is, and I understand the motivation, is you know, maybe you're a screen printer that's been thinking about DTG for a long time, and you got an order from a regular customer, and like you're, you're just tired of farming it out. You've seen the guy print it. it you, know, you know how to operate equipment. So, okay, I'll accept your order from your best customer, and I'm going to order this printer, and you know, we'll get it all knocked out in a week. Um, and that's not the case. Or you're just getting into business, so you want to go out and you want to get your first order first. Mm -hmm. And then, because there are some business people that will tell you to do that. Yeah. Um, you get your first order first, so you know you have money coming in. And then you'll go out and get the equipment and figure out how to use it. And it, we're in, because, yeah, there are business gurus out there that would say to do that. Yeah. And uh, that's, that can be a good philosophy for plenty of businesses. But when you're talking about a technical business, like apparel decorating, where you have to learn a skill, yeah, um, I wouldn't recommend an electrician go out and get an electrician's job and then go and get certified to learn how to wire that's, a that's house. That's a good analogy. That's you a know, really good analogy. You know, that's a bad idea. That's somebody looking to get, at least with DTG printing, you're probably not going to be electric. Yeah, I was just going <laughs> to say that. Probably. Probably. Yeah, I don't know. We've It's been closed a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that taking orders before you have your machine, generally speaking, is going to be a bad idea unless you're dropping a lot of kind of caveats into it, saying, yeah. I can do that for you. No problem. Um, is it fine if I don't deliver it, though, for 30 days? Yes. When do you need these garments? Right. Oh, it's fine. It's for my spring, you know, event. Yeah. I don't even need it until March. Oh, okay. I'd probably take that order. Because that happens all the time. Yeah, but it doesn't happen. <laughs> but you have to be honest with your customers. Yeah, you, know, you just have to ask. And, and it will happen where you'll have people that aren't in a rush. And, and honestly, yeah. like, you'll be surprised, you know, if somebody says they need something by next Friday... And it's like, hey, do you mind if I, like, deliver it on Wednesday or Thursday of the following week instead? You know, sometimes I'll be like, yeah, no problem. I don't really need it until the following Friday. You know, I just wanted to make sure it was done. Yeah, exactly. So that's fine if you know that. Um, and then there's also the, um, you know, the, you just have to be honest with them. You just have to yeah. say, I'm getting this machine in. Yes. Can, I can't guarantee you that I can have it by January 30th. Yeah, you know, and you and they have to understand that. And if you're honest with them, then and th so that's one approach. Yeah. The other approach, I think, is to take the business and don't do it yourself. Right. Outsource it. Yeah. But now you know you can get the business. Yeah. So buy the printer, get that in, and learn it mm -hmm. while somebody else is filling your order, and you know, then you get a little bit more money to get started. Yeah. So so maybe that maybe while you're learning your machine, you're outsourcing. Yeah. One of the biggest benefits when I first started up my last company doing t-shirt printing and stuff like that is while I was building up those sales is to find a network of people that do the same type of industry. And I subbed out quite a bit of work at the beginning because I was taking a care of other aspects of the business that also had to be or were just as important as the income coming in. Mm -hmm. So by subbing that stuff out, yeah, down the road, you're going to be subbing out less and less and less and less as you learn to way to properly produce a quality product. Right. Because that's the only thing the end customer wants is their product, quality, and it look good. Because yeah. that's all they care. They don't care how you got it done. If you had to drive five hours to yeah. go pick up shirts, they don't care. They just want a quality product. Don't tell them that story either. Yeah, Because exactly. literally like, oh, yeah, my shirt, your shirts are going to be late. But, you know, I, I, I got the wrong shirts in. You know, the, the wrong color came in. And this happened and this happened. They really don't care. All they heard right. was, you're not going to be able to deliver. 
Yeah. So, so like, give me an idea. You know, when you said you you set up subcut, would that be like a screen printer? I mean, what kind of? There's screen printing companies out there. There's large production houses. People that have that were in the same shoes I was years before. Yeah. And they've already built that company up. But I can use them and discuss this. Talk to those owners and stuff like that, and say, "Hey, I would like to sub this workout to you." And I, just as an example, I was based out in Key West. I was using subcontractors in Miami. I'm not in their market, right. but they're not in my market either. So it, it was like a, a friendship type thing. Yeah. So I get a large 500 shirt order, and I still have a couple 30 shirt, 60 shirt orders, so I can get those done, and that 500 shirt order is getting done by somebody else, but I didn't do any of the work. Right. And so tell me, did it ever work the other way? Did those... Do those people hire you Correct. to do jobs? Yeah, so uh, like you've got to be able to like classify your your customers like job, because there's certain stuff like if I have like a one or two color like say basketball numbers and names on there, I could sub that out to a screen printer for at a wholesale rate and make only a dollar two per shirt. But I'm not standing at my DTG all day. I can right. do that for the stuff that DTG is mainly made for those stuff that screen printers can't do. Right. And then once that screen printer knows, and I've told them, and I'm like, hey, I'm a director garment user. I need somebody to do my screen printing for me because there's certain things that, that they yeah. just handoffs. So, and then they're like, oh, you do DTG? Let me send you some work because I have these clients that come into me on a daily basis that only want like a dozen shirts with like a photograph on it. And once I tell them all the setup fees, the screen fees, the color fees, and all this stuff, they're paying up to like $20 a shirt for it, $25 yeah. a shirt. And it's just not, I don't want to have that on my customer. It makes them have this bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. But when I can take that order in, sub it out to you for a wholesale rate as well, right. we're both, it's a partnership. So so let me just specify here, let me give you the breakdown, the, the, the power of direct-to-garment printing. For those of you who are just, you know, you're interested in the custom t-shirt business and you don't know about DTG, the power is, is that, you know, you can you can bring a file onto your computer, and I'm oversimplifying here, uh, a full-color graphic, and you can print one shirt. Or you can print 10 shirts, or you can print 20 shirts. And all the setup was was making sure the graphics were good, getting the T-shirts ready, and printing. If you were to bring that to a screen printer, there are a dozen things that they have to do and spend money on to get ready before they print one shirt. So generally, they won't do it. So um, the power of DTG is full-color graphics, different names on it. You can print one shirt at a time. Um, and that's why a lot of screen printers add direct-to-garment printing to their shop, or they look for somebody like Heath to farm it out to. Yeah, so there, there's uh, we defined, you know, the problem was, was taking orders before you're ready. Yes. And the solutions are two things. Either have a network of folks where you can sub that work out to and take yeah. orders, yeah. but don't do it yourself. Or just say, I'm not going to start taking orders until I'm ready. Thanks for keeping us on track. I appreciate that. <laughs> so we've got, you know, there's two schools of thought there. Yeah. Neither of them are wrong. Neither of them are right. They're both good ways to do it. Yeah. Um, it's just up to you. And, and if you have enough business to get going, you might as well get that money and outsource yeah. it. But if not, you know, don't spend your time beating the streets in the beginning. If you have good cash flow, as we mentioned earlier, yeah. then you've got the time to learn the craft. Agreed. Um, I have uh, another note that I made here, um, which is, it, I think, along those lines. Okay. But it's um, using your equipment 
without being trained or watching videos, you know, training videos or having your live training done. Yeah. Um, but opening up the box and just starting to do things because you can figure it out. Right. Uh, mistake. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. And the hole in alley, real men don't read directions. That is not true <laughs> in the digital printing. Please read the directions. <laughs> yeah, this is not an IKEA desk. Yeah. And, and not and not just read the directions because you literally, you could not buy a direct garment printer from Coldesi, or I don't think anyone in the industry without being offered training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And unless you just finished selling the same exact direct garment printer that you just bought new. And you were operating that one for more than a year. You need to take the training. You know, uh, doesn't matter what your experience is. You need to get trained up on the printer. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Beef. Yeah. Some. Of, I mean, I deal with the phone support calls all day long and stuff like that. And it's a basic timeline of when a customer receives their machine. It's like a, almost like a two to three month process. Is there is those learning curves of uh, getting into it. Right. So they'll start off with four or five calls a week, and then it reduces down to four calls a week, three, and then slowly you just never hear from them again because they're just getting through that first nuance of looking at this big piece of equipment in front of them that they've spent money on, and it doesn't do exactly what they want it to do. But then also knowing what tools they have, whether it be software, mechanical, graphically, that they can do to get a certain uh, desired effect out of it. So those are the learning curves and the kind of heartaches that people have to go through when they're first starting up. Well, let, let me ask you, Heath. I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. So you said like out of five calls a week, mm-hmm. um, how many of those are typically calls um, that the answer is normally covered in training? Pretty much about 90% of them. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, did you... It's like the, for example, I have a blurry print or something like that. Well, did you raise the bed up before you loaded it, or did you try to raise it after you loaded? Or, um, and so my customer sent me a graphic. Well, what's the DPI of it? Oh, it's only 72 DPI, and I try to blow it up to 12 inches tall, and it looks like a checkerboard. <laughs> right. Is those yes, little, it does. Yeah. <laughs> those are the things that you run into, and it's like, yeah, those are, that's not going to happen to everybody because, like, people that get into this industry, yeah, they usually, you have your artist type, you have your business types and stuff like that. So it depends on what type of customer, what type of client that owns this printer, what their specialties are, then their questions that they're going to have are going to be different from other ones. So it's, you've got to be able to teach that stuff. But right. one of the good things is, is we do have a, a nice technician base here that can help you with those questions. Absolutely. So. Yeah. But, but I, I, I want to say one more thing about the training because um, take the training. I mean, that, that's what I want to say. But, like, there are they're normally free. There's self-paced training that you can take with videos. You can take a live online training. You can go. You can come down to Tampa, Florida for cold SD DTG machines anyway. You can take training here in our office. Or we um, can pay somebody to come. Yeah, or, I mean, if, you, if you're that serious, you can hire one of our technicians to come out and train you on site. But what, whatever you choose, you know, make sure that you, that you fully absorb that. Because I know what else is on your list, Mark. My, what else is on my list is thinking you know it all. Yes. If that's where you were going. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, it doesn't matter if you have run printers since you were a baby. Yes. You know, that, that you used to play in your dad's shop. Well, that would matter because you would be on TV. Yeah. But if you were in your dad's shop. 
who owned a printing company and, and he did print service for him. You know, he used to do newspaper printing and he right. evolved all the way up to the sign world. Um, and then now you're, you're jumping into the apparel industry. Um, I don't want, you shouldn't say to yourself, well, I know they say to do this many head cleanings, but I know printers, I don't have to do that. They just want my ink. Right. You know, and I'm going to say, no, you know, uh, um, this is different. If you haven't done exactly this on this printer before, it's different. So, so go into it like a sponge. Um, and the next mistake that's related is not asking questions yeah. because you think you know the answer. So ask questions. And if a technician gives you advice or a trainer gives you advice, um, you should follow that advice. Yeah. And I, I think like what the important thing, unless your, your name is actually Heath Schumacher, you should not say, um, but this is the way I do it. You, you know what I mean? Like if you're on the phone with a technician or you're trying to get something accomplished, if you are more concerned with the with doing it the way that you do it than getting a good result, then you're going to run into problems. And we actually get that all the time. Even on the uh, uh, Custom Apparel Startups uh, Facebook group, you know, we'll have people that, you know, in, in rhinestones, you know, in the pro-spangle world says, well, I need to be able to resize my graphic. And I'm just like, well, just grab the corner and resize it. Well, I do all my designs in Corel. Oh, then you can't do that. Yeah. And, and the response always, well, you know, this is the way I do things. Okay, then I can't help you with that part. You know, if that's the way you do things. Yeah, I get a I get a lot of questions when I'm on the phone with people of like how I learned this stuff and how I got to be as good as I am as right. a technician. And it's I'll go ahead and bust myself out because I made those mistakes. Right. I have messed up equipment. I have burnt print heads out. I have done all kinds of the stuff that, and that's how I'm able to answer these questions and be able to fix it because I've broke it myself. Luckily, I have a warehouse here, but... Right. But that's I heard what, there was a fire once, but I think that's just a rumor. Yeah, I thought I got rid of that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. If you don't ask questions of the people that already have done this stuff, then you're never then you're going to go through those trials and tribulations of being frustrated, hating the equipment and stuff like that. Don't get too frustrated with yourself in the beginning. Yeah. You have to have a little bit of a, set up a little bit of a learning curve for yourself. And write down, if you run into something or a question, write those things down. Send an email to your technician. You don't have to actually do a support call, but you can send questions and we can answer those for you yeah. or find somebody that does have that answer. Yeah. And I think that with, you mentioned about the email and the support and such. Um, if you have a question today that you don't have an issue or an immediate need for it, that's a great time to put in a support email ticket or whatever it might be, so you can you say I have this question. Write it down. Send in a ticket. This way, you're not in a rush to get the answer. Right. So you can focus on the rest of the things in your day because you're not hovering around your email waiting Wait, for waiting an to print something. Yeah. yeah, you're doing the rest of your things, and then tomorrow or tonight, when you check your email again, the answer is there. Yeah. And now you've you save that in a folder or you yeah. or whatever you do. So you've got the answer to a question that you you didn't have an urgent need for the answer. Yes. But, but you you recognize that you didn't know. Yeah, agreed. And and you know, start with start with this fundamental fact is Cole, you know, we've been selling direct to garment printers for 10 years. Almost yeah, 10, no, 11 years. Yeah, something about, something like since the technology before was first right. introduced to the market. So, and you can listen to our history of of a DTG podcast and find out exactly. 
Um, I have to put the plugs in every once in a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been doing this, and we've been uh, selling printers, and there are hundreds and thousands and thousands of people out there in the director garment world that are operating equipment, and they're, and they're doing a great job, and they're making money, and they're printing what they want to, and they're perfectly happy with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you have a problem, we're here to help you. You know, but realize that it's not, you know, because every, you know, all Epson printers aren't terrible, and that's why you can't print. All direct-to-garment printers aren't bad machines, and that's why, you know, your, it's very unlikely that your machine is just bad. You know, it's more likely that you're, you need help with the process, you know, or you need help with regular maintenance, or, you know, you have questions that need to be answered than, you know, just going right to that. Uh, and that leads right into the next note that I had, actually, yeah. which is um, taking advice from other parties too seriously. Okay. So, so what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is um, somebody else who used to own a printer or somebody who you met on Facebook who owns yeah. a printer in another state um, or whatever it might be. But it's not somebody who is a trainer or a technician or an op- or maybe not even necessarily an operator of, yeah. of the equipment, or they own a different brand of equipment, whatever it might be, and they tell you, no, don't pre-treat the way that they showed you in the video. Yeah. That's a waste of time. All right. right? This is how you want to do it. And now you're doing a technique that is, um, you know, one person found this worked for them, but maybe... They don't care if the white layer is completely, say, um, you know, opaque. Yeah. That it's a solid white color print. Maybe they don't care if the shirt is poking through a little bit. But that's how they sell it. And right. that's how their customers accept it. And now you're having issues because you're not getting the white layer that you want, but you're not pre-treating according to the instructions provided by the manufacturer yeah. and the trainer. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's good to take advice from others and listen to others, but when the advice from others conflicts with somebody who is training you on the equipment, then it is your choice. Yeah. However, don't necessarily always take those things too serious. And, and that goes kind of for the sales process too, because uh, Heath knows he started with like, there wasn't any G, it was just a DT printer. It's so old, the technology that he started with, <laughs> you know, um, and there are significant differences. So you may talk to somebody online who's really bright and has a successful business, but maybe they have an HM1 DTG printer that they've kept running and running beautiful, beautifully. And what they do to make a print and to maintain their machine and the problems that they have are have almost no relationship at all to the brand new Viper 2. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's even more so if it's, you know, maybe they've got an Anajet Sprint that they've done really well with that, and they've tried a specific kind of ink. So they're doing all of these things and it's working out great for them. So when they, uh, when they give you advice, they're doing it from a great place. Like, I'm successful, I'm doing this, my stuff looks great, you know, you, you should try it. And the answer is, is often, no, you shouldn't try it, because it's a completely different situation. Yeah, I don't think that, and, and we can only speak from our experience in, right. in dealing with it, but um, there's, no, there's no secrets being hidden in the DTG world that, right. that we don't want to share out in regards to how to do things. If we can figure out a way for you to pre-treat easier, then we share that. Yeah. Um, you know, and we also are constantly looking for solutions, like yeah. having like the Spider Mini pre-treating machine. Yeah. You know, we have a, we're looking for solutions, we're testing things, and on the supply side, I have people all the time, you know, contact us with 
various ideas or thoughts or, oh, I'd read online, I should do this instead. Yes. And I, and I would say, I, I would, that's not what we would recommend here. Yeah. That's not what a DTG technician and trainer would recommend. So that's all part of thinking you know everything or thinking what, thinking other people know more because they have no vested interest really in your success. Right. Where we do. You know, that's a difference. I, I'm going to, so uh, I watch uh, a lot of Netflix. I, I really do. And, you know, when you, when you see all these TV shows, you know what happens somewhere in the plot of the show? Someone tells, like, the kid not to go to the party or, you know, they tell the adult not to break into the police station or something like that. It's when people don't do what others tell them that they get into trouble. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to say the same thing for, for, for DTG. Um, do what we tell you or do whatever the brand that you're buying tells you to do. Do that because the printers work and we're telling you to do that and they're telling you to do that specifically because we've done it and we know that that works. So if you do that set of things, then you'll be fine. Um, if you don't, then you're going to get caught bust, you know, breaking into the police station and go to jail. Yeah. That's, that's what's going to happen. Um, it's trying to find um, shortcuts or ways to, in, in I, what I find in my experience with businesses that I've had worked with and businesses that I deal with here yeah. on the, uh, when we're talking on the phone to people is that oftentimes ways to find trick shortcuts or save pennies yeah. oftentimes leads to more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. Um, so, so if the pre-treating process takes a certain amount of time, you know, there, that's no secret. There are videos online to see how pre-treating yeah. works. You can see how it works. You can see what they do. When you've got the equipment, you know what you're getting into yeah. and prepare for that. Yeah. That's what you should do. And you will be much happier. And, and I will tell you, honestly, we're, we're working on improving all of that stuff 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're not just saying that this is the way you're always going to do it. We're saying that we're going to test different things and different techniques. And, and then when we find something that we know works... We will do a video, we'll do a webinar, we will update our support information. So as long as you stay within that constellation of things, you know, we'll, we'll help you be successful. Yeah. And the same with embroidery and yeah, rhinestones and, and everything. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, our, our interest is in your success. If yeah. you're successful, you're going to buy more equipment from Coldessi um, or you're going to buy more supplies. You know, that, that's our yeah. vested interest is in the success of that. So I think that, you know, that is a mistake that folks do is they, they and it all ties together. You Thinking you know it all, not doing what you're supposed to do, not asking questions, um, looking at others for advice because they found a hidden secret. Yeah, right. Um, all these things add up yeah. to a little, a little bit of that all at once can end up costing you money or wasting your time. Or just frustrating you. Yeah. You know, maybe you're still successful, but you just find yourself having been frustrated. Yeah. What else you got there, Mark? Um, I just have... Well, I'm not practicing, which we've kind of covered. Um, but there's one here that's I, that is, for me, is the most important because I deal with it. Okay. Is waiting until you're almost out of, of supplies until you put in your reorder. Right. So you don't have enough... Um, pre-treat to pre-treat shirts 
So, and then you get an order in and now you're ordering it and you're trying to overnight or second day air two gallons of yeah, liquid, right. which is expensive to send. Um, and you're stressed and you're trying to pay for Saturday morning, early AM delivery. And you UTS. don't understand why it's a million dollars to get something yeah. delivered on Saturday. Yeah. Or just, or, and not factoring in the fact that just because it leaves our warehouse and goes into a UPS truck does not hundred percent guarantee that UPS is going to deliver it to you when, when they promise. Right. You know, uh, they just might mess up. There might be a big snowstorm. There yeah. might, there could be anything. So you, you're not factoring for that in. So you should have cleaning solution and flushing solution and um, filters and ink and pre-treat. And you should have supply of all of this stuff for, for, for enough to do actual jobs yes. and enough to maintain your machine. And here's the thing. It, it, it lasts for a while. What, do, you know, do you remember what the, what's the shelf life of ink? Well, the basic shelf life for ink is around like six months. Okay. Yeah. So, so that means if you have a gallon of pre-treat and, and a little extra ink on the shelf that you think you can use in the next six months, do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, just have more than you need on hand. I think Always that's, have a backup for your backup. Yeah, that's that's good. Cause, and, and if you're using an M2, you know, make sure you have WIMS filters. Make sure you have all of this stuff. Because Mark is right. I don't think there's anybody that, that has better turnaround or more reliable order fulfillment than Coleman & Company does. I mean, we look at those numbers every month. There's very few mistakes. The vast majority of orders, they'll get out in the same day. But you know what? Um, we don't work for UPS, and we, and UPS doesn't write us a check. So Coleman and Company's responsibility is getting it on the truck. They're not responsible for how much you're paying for that. You know, for getting the Saturday early morning delivery, um, even if you can. I mean, if you're if you live in a remote area, sometimes you you can't get 10 a.m. delivery or yeah. you can't get Saturday delivery. So, so you're out of luck, and that's, you know, that's, that's on you. It's not on, not on Coleman & Company. On top of you can't leave your shop to go for a sales call because yes. you're waiting for the driver. Yes. Okay? Um, you're stressing out about that. You're worried about possible, whether it's not being able to maintain your machine or fulfill an order yeah. or whatever it is. And the way I think about it is if you were to buy, if you were to buy say, two gallons of pre-treat, you know you need one, but yeah. you buy two. Free ground shipping. Um, yeah. on an order and say you say you end up having to toss 10% of that pre-treat right. just because you let it sit forever if you finally let it go bad it's going to cost it would cost you significantly more money to have to order another one have it overnighted ship shipped to you yeah. miss out on sales calls yeah. and all of that stuff compared to maybe maybe the possibility of maybe throwing away $4 yeah. worth of pre-treat that, <laughs> that's true. And, and you know, Coleman and Company does not make more money. That's not a sales pitch. Because you're going to buy X amount of ink and X amount of pre-treat to complete the jobs that you're going to do over the next three months. You know, you're going to buy the same amount of materials. It's all a matter of whether or not you're going to also pay for overnight shipping and maybe for some heart medication because you're overstressed because you, you know, you're not managing your inventory. Yeah. Problem. And just besides the fact of just risk to equipment damage. True. If you um if you need to do machine maintenance and you don't have a clean the cleaning solution to do it, yep. you can't maintain your machine. And and, and before before we we move on too much because I, I think we're getting, getting yeah, kind of long we're, here. We're we're getting ready to wrap up, I think. I, I, I don't want to I want to move maintenance and maintaining your equipment back up to the top of the list. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Heath, <laughs> so, so give me an idea, Heath, how many, what percentage of calls for existing DTG users are um, due to something they didn't do as far as maintenance goes? Well, maintenance-related problems are pretty much about 80% of the calls that we do. Yeah. Um, not cleaning it off at the end of the night. Yeah, you might have a long day of printing and stuff like that, but always factor in the time. Like, if you're if the end of your day is at 6 o'clock, your printing should stop at 5.30, so that way you have that 30 minutes to do your maintenance. Right. Always, always do your maintenance. Um, because say you don't do your maintenance, you don't clean around the edge of your print head or clean off your wiper blade. So when you come in the next day, you've got dried congealed ink all over those parts and then they rub across your nozzle surface. Guess what? Now you're having mechanical, more expensive problems because you did not do the simple stuff beforehand. The the term that I use in training is preventive maintenance. Prevent the major problems from happening. And, and it's not, it's not the kind of, it's not like changing the oil on your car. Mm-mm. Where you've got to put it up on blocks and, and you know, uh, get your hands dirty. I mean, you're talking about, what, 10 minutes, 15 yeah. minutes? 10 to 15 minutes a night, and then you have about 5 minutes in the morning. And uh, that 5 minutes in the morning, you're actually going to fill up a cup of coffee while it's doing its own thing. Because right. a lot of it's automated. So, But if you don't do those things, then you're going to have problems. It might not be a problem tomorrow, but as it extends out, it... Uh, quantifies itself and basically starts stacking up to the point where it becomes terminal and then yeah. you're frustrated because the machine's not working properly and stuff like that yeah so yeah like when we <clears throat> preach what like we'll ask for pictures uh of customers like that's one of the first thing a technician does is be like all right i'm having this issue i'm not getting a good nozzle check well when's the last time you got a good nozzle check and if you tell me last week you're supposed to be doing this every morning right so, and if you're not doing that proper maintenance, then how am I supposed to be able to figure out what's going on with it? That's one of our biggest uh, qualities as, uh, that we look for in technicians is being an investigator, uh, is being able to be able to ask these questions to our clients to figure out what's going on so that way we can give better advice on how to correct it. Right. And, 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 tell, and you know, be honest with yourself and with us if you, if you do have a problem and you need, to, you need to call. Yeah. Because one of the first questions... The first questions that a technician will ask you is about maintenance, mm-hmm. and you're going to say that, oh, yes, I do it every day and every night, and you're going to send a picture of your printhead. And we know. And it's <laughs> obvious that you don't. So you may as well just say, well, I haven't been doing my maintenance, and that's going to cost you. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, with the maintenance, and it just because you didn't do it one day doesn't mean that your machine's going to break tomorrow. Right. So, so you think, well, I, they say do it every day. But I do it three days a week, and it's been fine for six weeks. Yeah. Well, that's that might be a building up issue. Yeah. Or I mean that yeah, it is going to be fine for maybe six weeks, or it is going to be fine for eight weeks or three months. Um, however, it, you will not get the same life out of your equipment. Yes. Um, and it doesn't mean that it's permanently dead, but just parts that are re- that you should be replacing and taking care of. Yeah. Um, you're going to end up having to replace or take care of them sooner than later. And the same thing with altering, you know, out- altering how you do your your maintenance, what ink and types you're using. Yeah. All of these things can all can be issues that build up over time, where it might not be for 90 days until you realize that all of that little stuff I didn't do just built up. To yeah. where now I'm having to spend time or money on something I wouldn't have had to. Yeah. And I'm going to like uh, add a little, um, another thing that I've heard about a couple of times, uh, and that's, <clears throat> it's kind of like maintenance, is, is 
you know, you get your DTG printer, and we've gotten phone calls. You know, I bought my printer in October of last year, and I'm just unboxing it now. Um, what kind of problems can that kind of thing cause? I mean, there's all kinds of things. Like, with... With leaving a piece of equipment sitting in a box for it, there's environmental issues, dust issues, things like that. So pulling that stuff out of the box, you have to go through some basic maintenance, starting it up, things like that. I would definitely recommend getting on the line with technicians, uh, going through the training before you even pull it out of the box. Yeah. So even though you might have gotten it and you've watched the videos when you were thinking about purchasing it and it looks easy and all this other stuff... But before you pull it out and start loading it up with ink, go through the training. Right. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. If you haven't gone through that training, this will be a very frustrating piece of equipment. Right. Um, so, so maintenance is a is a huge thing. Whether or not you know you're just getting started or you're an old timer, mm -hmm. and adjusting that maintenance maintenance schedule, you know, according to your own opinions or someone else's opinions, is is just what Mark uh, Vila was saying earlier. You know, that's taking people's advice you know, over over the standard procedures, um, and it's, it's just not a good idea. Yeah, I, I think that we covered a, a bunch of things, and I think that what I'm getting out of this as a main point on the DTG side, not on the business yeah. side, is that this is, um, it's not impossibly hard, it's not terribly hard to do, it's not tons and tons of work to maintain, as you mentioned. Yeah. However... This is a this is a craft that you're learning. It's a piece of equipment that you're learning, just like embroidery or just like rhinestone equipment or a cutter or anything like that. Just like if somebody were to buy a forklift or right. if somebody were or to screen printing, a screen or... printing, um, or if somebody were to um, you know decide that they're going to be a plumber. Yeah, all of these things are skills and trades that you learn. There's there's a learning curve for all of it. Some things you're going to pick up immediately. Yeah. Now, I'm, like for me, I'm I'm good with software. That's one of the things I'm good with. Yep. You can hand me a piece of software. If you give me a few videos, I'm gonna feel comfortable with it right away. That's true. Um, I was just speaking with a friend of mine about um, apps. They were asking me something about how to do something on an app, and I said the first thing I do when I download an app is I click every single every single button and piece in the app, and I learn everything that it does, and now I know it. And it's just that's me. Um, so it's easier for me than something else. So. For you, it might be easier to pick up the software and learn how to use the RIP software and the graphics software. Yeah. And maybe the maybe the, putting the shirt on the machine is harder for you or pre-treating. Right. So everyone's going to be different, but it's a skill that you're learning. And take time to learn your craft, however yeah. long it takes you to learn it. Yeah, and, and we talked about two sets of things. We talked about the basics of business. We talked about the specifics of DTG. And remember, the topic of this podcast was the biggest mistakes made. Um, I think we're going to have to balance it out because, like we like we did say, there are thousands and thousands of people in the custom T-shirt business. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a great business to do, and it can be really profitable. You just have to, like any business, to get into. You know, um, do the preparation uh, before you start, and do the maintenance and organization to keep it going. Uh, Heath, do you have any closing words? I'll be talking to you on the phone. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so this has been uh, Mark Stevenson from Coldessi. And Mark Vila from Coleman & Company. Thanks for listening. Yeah, have a good business.